All right, we're recording. Yes, sir. Welcome everyone to the Rink Rat Report podcast playoff edition. Joined by Josh and Josh and Jason, who are Josh and Jason. Who was the one drinking tonight? Holy hell. <laughs> Who are fresh out of Scotiabank Arena and can tell us a little bit about what was going on there. The clap is for, not for your failure to pronounce our names, but it's for that effort from the Leafs. Yes. What a game. What oh a fantastic God. start to the NHL playoffs. The best time of the year. Joe, it's great to be here with you. Jason, great to be here with you as well. What a start. I, I can't remember a, a Leafs first playoff game. No, maybe like well, I don't want to say any, but in the last t- in the five ten years, yeah. Well, like, in our last six or whatever, is it, this is the sixth year now, seventh year, whatever. In the I, last, I'd in, go as far as like eighteen, nineteen, twenty years. Yeah, honestly, I didn't yeah. want to be aggressive with it, but yeah, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure this is the first game one we've won. I, I know for a fact since twenty since. Sorry, sorry, no. maybe Boston game. It was one. there Boston. was one Boston game one. The second but, Boston series they won, and that yeah. was the first time since like two thousand four or something like that. Yeah, maybe and even that, earlier. That was the last time Mitch Marner scored a goal, I think, in the yeah. playoffs. Uh, two thousand four. Friends. Yeah. Yep. A lot to get into this one. This is quite an interesting 5-0 pummeling by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like did I start to not start to finish. I'd say halfway about halfway through the first period. After that, sorry. After the Clifford penalty mm-hmm. until the the final blow of the whistle, the Toronto Maple Leafs completely dominated the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh yeah, all Leafs all Leafs from that that point on. I was it was and you could feel it all also in the beginning right before that penalty like Everyone was nervous in the building. Even the players it almost felt like they were a little nervous too. And then who would have thought that a five minute major is kind of what swings the momentum in your favor? But I know. A five minute major like against your team. Yeah, and a suspension when yep. you you're already a man down less than five minutes into the game and we do have breaking news though. Um that hit Kyle Clifford's hit on Ross Colton has earned Nazem Kadri a suspension. <laughs> Something uh, about 43 uh, in blue and white, eh, boy? That was a, a bit of a dirty hit, though. Yeah. That was quite a dirty that hit. That was a Right in the hit. numbers, right against the boards. I mean, kudos to Clifford. Like, he came out hot. He was threw the body on Ruda and then came out and tried to finish a hit on Ross Colton and just didn't, you know, made a kind of a dumb decision. Yeah. And uh, But it didn't cost the Leafs at all, right? Like, I think the Leafs outchanced the Lightning – on that penalty for sure. I don't know about overall in this game, but I'd be very curious to look that up if like the chances numbers were mm-hmm. what what that was for the Leafs on the penalty kill this game because that penalty kill was incredible. Uh let's get into a re- quick re- quickly recap this one. Um do you want to start with the goals? Yeah, so let's run through. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Goal number 1. Oh. Jake Muzzin. Jake, Jake Muzzin. Muzzin. Great yeah, forecheck right. by uh, come, coming off of a power play where we didn't score. Mm-hmm. Great uh, forecheck by McKayev and Kasha. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was McKayev that provided the screen in front of the net. I don't yeah. think Vasilevsky had a great view of it, but also Muzzin with a really hard and on-net shot, and it, mm-hmm. it found its way through. I was kind of surprised he shot that. Like, usually you want to set up – like, there was a lot of traffic going through there. I thought he was going to pass that off because the right side of the ice was kind of open there. He took that shot through traffic. It went through, and Vasilevsky didn't see it. But as you mentioned there, that's that's not Jan Ruta or some plug seventh defenseman coughing it up there. That was Hedman and Cernak that gave up that mm-hmm. puck. Yeah. I'll, Biz on Twitter was saying Hedman had uh, 
cement feet tonight. I don't know if I agree with that necessarily, but they definitely didn't make it easy on him, and that's example number one. There, there, was another, there was another Tampa defenseman that had cement between his ears tonight. Who's that? Sergachev? The <laughs> rat? Sure, Jason Sergeyev. did not let him have a second no. on the ice. Without, You're a rat, Sergachev. <laughs> You're a rat. But that's because, if you remember the first game that they played against Tampa this year, he did get kicked out of the—I don't know if he got kicked out of he the game, not. but he, he got, got suspended. And he got suspended yeah. for, like, a relatively dirty hit to the head on Mitch Marner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from then on. But Sergachev's always been like that. There's a lot of guys on Tampa that have, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't even want to call it bite because it's not even bite. No, they're, it's, a bit, they're a bit pissy. Yeah, I was about to say, it's the Mark Spector. Why bit, Why are you so pissy? No, it's or, Jim Matheson. Sorry, Jim Matheson. That's what, Kucherov, like, he took a terrible penalty on Brody. Yeah, that was just cross checked him in the back for no reason. That was, that was weird. And then what's set up, I guess, so our second goal that we have here, correct? The yeah. What set up that goal was the Leafs were on the power play, and Yan Ruta, I mean, Marner's on the ice. Yan Ruta just decides to cross-check him several times in the back. Yeah. Right in front of the ref, too. Like, the refs were calling penalties tonight. Like, they were... And that, I think, will, in the long run, favor teams like the Leafs or Edmonton, which we're watching the game right now where they're getting a couple power plays, or Florida, where these higher-skilled teams, not that Tampa's not a high-skilled team. They are, but... We've seen in the past the lack of penalty calls by the refs in the playoffs really evens the playing field. Oh, yeah. We've seen teams like Montreal make runs and Dallas. And I'm not saying that's all because of the refs, but, you know, I wonder if this is an example of the refs make. Is it a statement on night one and it tails off? Or is this going to be a playoffs referee like the regular yeah. season, which would be surprising? But like you said, you know, Jan Ruda gives Marner four or five cross checks to the back back of the head, back of the neck while he's on the ice. It's a five on three. And Sheldon Keith made a good decision that make that time out. Mm-hmm. But I did want to mention, I mean, Gary Bettman probably saw Ben Chirac go for a first round pick and more and went, okay, we need to change something. <laughs> yeah, we gotta <laughs> what is going on? And then Mark Giordano only went for a second. He's like, okay, no, no, enough. no, enough's no. enough. Please, please call the penalty, but uh, the rule book. Which is funny because he said he, last year in the playoffs he gave an interview. Oh, yeah, with Ron He McClain. was like, yeah, our refs they're, are fantastic. They're doing fantastic. What are you talking about? They're fantastic. And that was probably, but now they're, now it's all changed? I know. Hmm. I think a lot of people were surprised by it, the yeah. oh, penalty calls. Very I was very surprised. Like once they started calling hook and hold and interference, everything. Like some of the penalty, like the Lobushkin one, like in what penalty, in, in what Sorry, in what season are they calling that? That's yeah, not that, a regular season penalty. No, that's, no. that's a, that was a bad one. That, the Lucian one and the Ilya Mikheyev one, which happened a little earlier than that, those were two, like, bru- brutal, brutal calls, I thought. Yeah. But you know what? We, we persevered through we it. We persevered. We showed the passion exactly. that unites us all. Um, so that, that second goal, so uh, Sheldon Keith calls a timeout. Fantastic decision mm-hmm. by him. And then you had an interesting point. Yeah, Jason, I want you to recount what I turned and said to you. When They're going to go low to high. Yeah, so when you saw them do five forwards, which was a gr- I thought that was a great call by Keith because the Leafs have not been over. You don't get that many five-on-three opportunities, but no. they've kind of squandered a couple this year. And the, the trend that I found was they kept going to Riley back and forth on the top of the umbrella, and that's just not high-danger areas. Mm-hmm. And when I saw them put five forwards, I thought, you know what? They're going to try to work it from low to high instead. Mm-hmm. And that just opens up so many things. Joe was making a great point about what it does to the goalie, right? Mm-hmm. What is that? Like, 
it's hard when the pucks come from behind the net. Yes, because when it goes when it goes from say the top of the circles to the other top of the circles, like it is a good distance that it has to be traveled, but you don't have to turn your body that much. And like think about it, like when you have to turn your entire body, especially when you're wearing equipment, as you can see, my voice trailed off there because I was doing the action, but. When you have to turn your entire body there, like it takes that little bit extra time to then get set there. And on top of that, it depends on where the player gets the puck to, where like the goalie has to come from deep in his crease because he's against the post to the top of his crease. And depending on where they get the puck is where you have to stop and get set. And like it could catch you in a deep kind of area, right? You're not you're not gonna be going from top of the crease to over like through the crease, top of the crease again, right? It is. It could make that a little bit more difficult for the goalie there, and Austin Matthews just hammered. Yeah, that and I, I think Vasilevsky was. I don't want to say fully set, but he did a pretty good job of getting his head around to get square to the puck. But Matthews just triggered that puck so hard, and he was coming downhill already too, so he had the momentum with it as well. It was a great shot. It, it wasn't placed perfectly by any by any uh, by any means necessary, but it was a great. Great shot, and it beat Vasilevsky. And then that's when the moment you start to feel the momentum mm-hmm. change in the game. I think, like we talked about, the biggest momentum change was killing that five minute on uh, on Clifford. That was like once they did that, and they had more mm-hmm. ch- it's, uh, they had more chances than Tampa did on that five minute. The scoring chance in the first period when the Leafs were at four four on five were three for the Leafs, one for Tampa. So they actually did outchance Tampa, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But we saw that all year, Dean Chinoweth. What a stud mm-hmm. assistant coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs oh. who has completely revamped our penalty kill. And it's Marner, it's Kampf, it's Kasha this game, Angval, Kerfoot, Mikheyev. Like, these guys are all chip. And the D, Giordano, had a great night on the penalty kill. Like, it was such a good PK performance. They need to, if they can keep carrying that on in, in you know, the coming games, it's, it, it'll really help their chance mm-hmm. to win. Neutralizing that Tampa Bay power play is massive. Huge. We it's talked huge. about it last. You guys made the point last podcast. We'd watch the Leafs power play, which sucked in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. And you'd watch Tampa with the movement and using the bumper and the low to high plays. It was like a different game was yeah. being played. And yeah. if you can neutralize that power play, that's a huge, huge game changer in a series. Yeah, one, one big thing I noticed was that they were doing a really good job. Like the Leafs uh, were doing a really good job of holding it. felt like the blue line. Uh, on the penalty kill. Yeah. Um, yeah I know we're kind of struggling around here, but uh, you could just tell that the Tampa Bay Lightning players were just very frustrated when they're on the power play, which is it's not something you see very often with that team, especially. So. Yeah. You got so many talented players there trying to break in the puck, and they just couldn't. The Leafs mm-hmm. were holding their own very well there. Um, but yeah, not on, not only that, they were like the Tampa Bay also couldn't break the puck out against the Leafs. Yeah, no, they couldn't at all, at all. But let's get into the third, uh, the third goal there. So on the penalty kill. Oh yeah, which now is just should be called the power kill because <laughs> it was that good tonight. Uh, Mitch Marner sends it to the point. Victor Hedman misplays it at the point. The puck gets behind him, and Big Daddy David. <laughs> Camp goes in on a breakaway and buries one on Vasilevsky under the arm. Beats him clean. When you break down really, really slowly, it looks like Vasilevsky thought it was like he didn't quite react right away. I maybe he, I think he thought it was going five hole, and then David Camp just slides it right underneath his arm. Josh doesn't think he meant to put it there. I, 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 I kind of think he did. I mean, it doesn't matter though. It wasn't the, the the greatest deception on it, but a goal's a goal, and he was fired up, and that was. 
that kind of broke open the game there, I think. Yeah. I'll say this. If you told us when they signed Camp, get rid of the whole season where he was a fantastic shutdown center for us, that he would score a breakaway by beating Victor Hedman in game one against Tampa. In the the like, you would just take the signing right there. Like, yeah. He doesn't yeah, have yeah. to do anything else. And this guy, he played all 82 games this year. An absolute consistent presence in our lineup, and he shines through again. That was his... Third shorthanded goal of the year. I know playoffs is different, but he had two in the regular season. Third overall. Like, he is – Jason, go ahead. Like, I don't no, know. He, he, he led forwards in ice time tonight. That's <laughs> – I'm serious. 1928. <laughs> he had 1928 tonight. And obviously a little bit of that is because they were they were went in towards the end and you're going to throw him out and there was a ton of penalty kill where he was playing. A lot of penalty kill. A lot of penalty kill. And he, he was a stud. He was a stud the, the entire night through and through. One one is won the won the goal the expected goals battle won the Corsi battle like he was doing everything he's just past couple of games before the season or before the season ended it felt like he he just started reaching his stride he looked so much faster he looks just looks so so great skating out there and just uh, just happy for what he's done done for us this year honestly uh, you've got natural stature open yeah I was gonna say who do you think was led the Leafs forwards in ice time at five on five. Uh, like Kerfoot, Engvall, Mikheyev, one of those three. Mm-hmm. It was Pierre Engvall, yeah. twelve forty-five. That makes they actually did a good job managing the minutes after they went up big, which was yeah. good. Because Engvall played a full minute more than the next highest guy. Which I saw that somehow Mitch Marner only played five minutes at five on five, which is crazy. That's but if you think about five thirty-one, but he played like four minutes of penalty kill in the first period. Yeah. It was insane. So you had to manage him. So he played. That's crazy. Mitch Marner played. I want to. Make sure this is correct. Four fifty-five on on the penalty kill tonight, and five thirty-one at five on five. Yeah, <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> that's that's incredible. There he was. Uh, Let's get into his goal. It was a nice goal. That was goal number four. Yeah, he had a couple of good steals in the first period. I thought yeah. this is okay. Like it wasn't like terrific chances, but this he is did a have very one chance in front. Yes, where he, he did. had that backhand that just went wide. Oh, my that was gosh. A good chance. He had two takeaways, like, right away. I think it was both on Sergachev there. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the next play after that, I don't know, he turned it over. But two, the two good takeaways, I thought, was a, a very positive step forward. And then his goal, I mean, Fat Pat Maroon had his rhinoceros-sized ass in front of Vasilevsky. He couldn't see. And then Kerfoot was in there as well. Vasilevsky slid just straight out of the net. Mitch, and then Mitch Marner waited, 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 and slid it into the open net there. How many times last year against Carey Price did Mitch Marner wait, 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 and then just still had nothing against Price? Mm-hmm. And then his only, like, prime, one of his only primary assists, he waited, 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 waited. Price had him so beat. Like, Price had Mitch Marner beat because there was nothing to shoot at. Then Marner just shot it from behind the net, and then it ended up tipping off of Hyman and in. Like, just so – it felt so good to see Mitch Marner just slide it into that empty net. I'm sure – I don't even think a weight was lifted off him there because the Leafs were playing so well that it was – like, that must have been a, a weight lifted off just the team's success itself because he was playing well uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So, an awesome play. Um, what was it? it? was on that play. Morgan Riley on that one, too. Do you guys remember that one? The, oh, the, yeah, he, yeah. He made a nice pass. That there. was a great play really by Morgan good, Riley, too. Off good the, little peek back and 
true. Yeah, so Did he Morgan drop it? Riley. I can't remember exactly so it him. went from center of the ice. Uh, Matthews backhanded it mm-hmm. over to the left wing, and Morgan Riley was charging down like we've seen him do a lot of times before, and just made a really good pass to a wide open Marner, and Vasilevsky couldn't see, and he slid straight out of the net. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> Honestly, it looked kind of weird when you watch it back, but he really couldn't see anything. Hell yeah. I mean, and after after that 8-1 romping where Pat Maroon had to say, I have three rings, I have three rings, nothing makes me happier than to see Fat Pat's frickin' ass in Vasilevsky's nose on that Mitch Marner wide-open goal. Um, As you can tell, I'm a little frustrated with that guy. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, does, was... he does hockey, not school. Yeah. Like, those are his words, not mine. Yeah, that was an interesting game for their fourth line, to say the least. But, yeah, that was a great fourth goal for the Leafs. And yeah. then... The fifth goal. The fifth goal, which was just like wild. Quick, quickly, like the fifth goal, and, and for anyone who didn't see, sorry, I'll just break it down quickly. We dumped the puck in, bounced off the backboards, and popped out, and Austin Matthews had an empty net and just scored on the empty net. Yep. Va- Vasky, Vasky tried to play it, play it, and he uh, fumbled the – I don't know if he fumbled it, couldn't get it, his it stick on it. It bounced over his stick. Mm-hmm. It was a good bounce off the end boards after it bounced there, and Matthews was charging in. He just put it into an empty net. And with that, Matthews doubled his goal total from it's last crazy. year's playoffs. And, and la- like, like, I feel like last two years, like in the playoffs and the play-in, like we didn't we, – we, we were itching for a bounce like that, and we could not buy one if we wanted to, and – it's crazy. It came in, in in a game like this, of of all things, and we finally we we got a bounce. It felt good. I know. How crazy! Like, how, how crazy is that when you break it down? Mm-hmm. The Leafs are playing Columbus, and, and then they play Montreal. The Leafs did not score any goals like that. No kind greasy, of thing. bouncy like goals. It was maybe tough. maybe in game two or whatever mm-hmm. when they beat Montreal five one. Maybe I don't even think then then. But then you're playing the defending back to back Cup champions. And you get a shitty little bounce in a 4-0 game, and your top goal scorer just puts it into the empty net. I don't know. This game is stupid. That's all yeah. we can really summarize. Well, I, I said to Jason, you know, I think Matthews played good tonight, but I think he probably played better in three or four games against Montreal than he did tonight. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he had two goals tonight. It's just two. we talked about in the playoffs last year. Like nobody and everyone says, I don't want to hear about the expected goals. I want to hear about the goals, which is fair. It's a short series. But then again, sometimes you just do get a little lucky or unlucky. It depends. And mm-hmm. that was a that goal is a perfect example of you know, Austin Matthews has scored many more spectacular goals than that in his career. But sometimes you get the bounce and you get the goal and he's in the right place at the right time and we'll take it. How crazy is it, like, just looking at it, Austin Matthews, his Corsi percentage was 35.71, 5-4, 5 Corsi 4, and 9 Corsi against, which is shot attempts. So that could be, like, shots on goal, missed shots, or blocked shots. So the majority of shots that went 4 were 5, or sorry, 5 shots, yeah. Anyways, 5-4, 9 against, 35.7%. His... Shots four and shots against were even at four and four, and then goals four two to zero, and expected goals sixty seven point six two four. So to break that all down, just a lo- there were some good blocks had on the uh, when he was on the ice. Some the shots that he attempted went through to the net, and they were in very good areas. Mm-hmm. And he only played seven forty six, yeah, at five on five. So, just I don't know. It wasn't crazy. a crazy five-on-five five game for him, right? I guess 
He's yeah. he probably go back and look at the numbers against Montreal. I bet he's had many more dominant puck possession and mm-hmm. shot generation games. But it's good yeah. to get hot and start <laughs> scoring at the right time. And the, when the pucks start going in, it's good for us. And you know those two guys getting Feels three good. points in the first game. Don't underestimate what that could do for their confidence and mm-hmm. their mojo and the momentum. And another guy we haven't even talked about yet is we talked about all the goals that we've scored, but. How about the goalie in the net? And talk, when you talk about confidence and it was solid. having a great, I mean, getting a shutout game one against Tampa. Hell yeah. Leafs made it like, I want to say relatively easy for him. No, eh, yeah, I'd say it was a 2.29 expected goals against. So it's a good game. it was an all right. It was a, he, he had a solid game. No rebounds. There was nothing really there for him. I mean, Tampa Bay didn't capitalize. They had a couple good looks, but it flubbed off of their stick there. But I think Jack Campbell was solid there. I mean, can't complain. There's absolutely nothing to complain about there from Jack Campbell. I thought Mm -hmm. he was solid game. Not bad. Right? The Leafs played very well defensively in front of him, too. I thought he really... can't be underestimated. Yeah, I thought he really held held his own there in the... uh, in the second period when like mm-hmm. I think Tampa Bay had majority I think all no sorry yeah they, they had they had 12 12 12 in shots against in, yeah. in, in uh 24 in all situations 12 on the power play um yeah so he he really held his own there in the second period when we were only up Fort. one nothing two nothing mm-hmm. and uh that really helped us out because that second period was wild with all the all the penalties going back and forth it must have been a t- tough for him. Timely saves. Yeah, yeah. made a couple no good ones too. No other way to put it. Made the timely saves. And again, don't underestimate what this does for his confidence, right? You know, mm-hmm. he started so hot to the year. We know how his year's gone. Made the All-Star game, and then it just kind of starts to trail. Rib yeah. injury, missed a couple games, and he's they've really eased him back into action, right? Yeah. He's hasn't been a real heavy workload, but he's played enough games to be full speed for playoffs. And Yeah. We, we know he's a guy who can run really hot. So this game oh, would yeah. be great if they can get Jack Campbell running really hot. It's good things for yeah. the Leafs. Speaking of confidence, too, another guy who I thought didn't get on the score sheet tonight, but I thought had a pretty pretty good game overall was William Nylander. He looked he looked pretty. I don't know about you yeah, guys. I thought, he, had, he, had I, that, he had that chance off the rush. It was like the Leafs' first shot off yeah. the game. He had that chance where he made the block on Cernak, and then the um, he ma- went to go make the block. I think it was on Ruda or something. He went through the guy's stick and he sent the the player sent it in and then he just kept going and was able to get a breakaway pass there. And Vasilevsky made a good save on him, yeah. I thought. Mm-hmm. But a couple other chances. I mean, I don't think really played much after. Just yeah, he, like the, he, the rest of the Leafs team. He was I mean, bottom three forward four minutes along with Matthews and Marner and five on five. He had like the reverse yeah. of last year's playoffs where like everything was going in for him last year. I thought, again, he had a really good game. Mm-hmm. Probably better than some of the games against Montreal where he scored. Yeah, but the puck just didn't go in for him. Like you said, that first rush of the game was great. You know, had a really high danger shot in that situation. His breakaway was good. Five drew a penalty. Attempt, drew, drew a penalty. A penalty. Mm-hmm. Like, like on another, I would call that a partial break. Yeah. So I thought he had a really, really good game. I the only, I don't want to say disappointing, but I don't, I didn't really notice Tavares that much in some high danger areas, getting pucks in front of the net like he usually does. He yeah. was effective enough on the power play, but I think that'll be a question for me next game because that line was often matched up against Point and Sorelli, which mm-hmm. I don't think is a great matchup for them. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. It's not, it, again, I want to, I think they played great 10 out of 10 effort tonight, but we just, as we start looking at the next game, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. some possible battles that can happen mm-hmm. 
um, coaching wise, you know. So yeah, and then the winger on that line is Nick Paul, right? Uh, Sorelli. No, no, it's, it's, uh, no, it's Hagel. Hagel. It's Brandon Hagel. Sorelli. I think that could be a decent matchup for them. I mean, you got Mikheyev and Kasha on there. You got some good speed. You got some good length in Ilya Mikheyev there. Like I feel, I felt like the chip and chase game for them was really working. Like who on that line is really winning those puck battles against Tavares and Mikheyev? Those are two pretty good guys on the puck battles, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I just so, think even in some situations, this, the pure foot speed of those two guys against the Tavares can, you know, can be. The ugly, wingers but, definitely need to support yeah. him there. Yeah. But yeah. also I'm looking at the, again, it's really hard to gather from this game because there was a lot of line juggling, penalty kill power play, but they really, they moved Hagel and Kalorn back and forth on that line with Sorelli and Point. So I'm curious to see how that is next game. I assume there will be far fewer penalties in the next game than for this sure. game. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, it's again, it's really, even Sheldon Keith said, it's kind of hard to analyze, like, the tactics of this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there was more special teams minutes than than five-on-five five minutes, which is quite rare, especially for the playoffs. Oh, wow. But as we, you know, we haven't we haven't talked about our, speaking of matchups, our, our decor tonight. And is that a good thing that we haven't mentioned anyone, any of our defensemen tonight? Because... Yeah, yeah I th- because I thought, like, who didn't play well? I thought they all played well. I thought they all – I mean, Timothy Lilgren, I think for him that's his first playoff NHL playoff game. NHL because he has a Calder Cup under his belt. Um, I mean, his first NHL game there, he was solid. He almost had that goal. Um, I think he had a couple flubs, but he recovered instantly, was able to get create, uh, create a takeaway off of that. I mean, the rushes against, he – he was using his body. He was separating man from puck. I thought he was, he had a tremendous game tonight and his matchup being, yeah, who we got here? Ross Colton, Nick Paul, Alex Kalorn being the top forwards. He, he played, he performed pretty well against that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. He looked, he looked good out there tonight. I thought the first period he was not, not, he, he seemed a little shaky. He got, got rocked early on in the first period, but I thought he recovered very, very well. And, and he seemed to, Play like a, a, he had a, very... a good block on the penalty mm-hmm. kill because if you remember the first penalty was against TJ uh, Brody who mm-hmm. is the primary penalty killer for the Toronto Maple Leafs right mm-hmm. and so him having to go in and early in a game against the Tampa Bay Lightning having to take that penalty kill and performing the way he did I thought that was massive for him yeah for yeah. the Leafs yeah he, just for him he did yeah I thought he played really well that game I, well, I was yeah. I was happy honestly with all all the defensemen even. Even Jake even, Muzzin, yeah, Labushkin Jake, too. Labushkin, even, Labushkin yeah. was even the one Jake I had. Muzzin. The yeah, well, well, Jake Muzzin. To be fair, was a big question mark for us going in, into the series because you, you never really know what the health is at. Like, we didn't really see like a. He's not a hundred percent. We didn't too. see him at a hundred percent in in the season at, at all leading up to the game, and he he looked a little hurt, but he didn't see like that. That wasn't yeah. coming through at all on the ice when I was yeah. watching. Two him. episodes ago was where we found the video where he's <laughs> hunched over. He couldn't even practice, yeah. and then. Tonight, he was throwing the body. He had mm-hmm. that huge first goal for the Leafs there. Um, the big one for me was Labushkin. I didn't know what to expect from him. He's very inconsistent on his breakout passes. I had a full episode where I talked about how bad he was one like one week. He was just horrendous. Didn't know what to expect from him there. I thought he was solid tonight. I had a couple flubs, but on those flubs, he recovered and got the puck back. Mm-hmm. So no harm, no foul, I thought. And uh, And then he was mixing it up physically too so just 
everything you wanted. For yeah, credit for three hits tonight. Felt like he maybe had a couple more, but yeah, that's standard for him. You know, he's always throwing the body. I thought he was really solid as well. I, I agree. There's a couple flubs in there, and you know, as long as we can recover, mm-hmm. he, he's he's yeah. good. Yeah, and he's a guy. I don't think they like playing against him when he's on the ice. No, he doesn't no. doesn't seem like a guy who's fun to play against if you're the other team. And he, even yeah. yeah, yeah. I gotta mention because we have the game on Edmonton versus L.A. Kings. Jay Woodcroft looks like he dyes his hair. He with, looks with uh, WD thirty or or. Um, <laughs> Flex seal. That's he what looks I was nothing like a hockey coach. No offense no. to him. That may be good because he's doing such a good job. It's so dark, his hair. It's so black, and he's so white. It just looks disturbing. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a touch of gray in there, pal. Like, yeah. we know your age. You, it is definitely not your natural hair. But, anywho, um, we have – I lost our sheet here, but – I just, I just want to I just want to quickly touch on uh, before we move on to the next point. I want to quickly touch on just round out the decor. Giordano, Brody both played really well. They they blocked I think five and four shots respectively. But how about how about we give some love to Morgan Ryan? Yeah, who you know what I thought he played fantastic tonight. On top of that, blocked four shots. On yeah. top of that, uh, had two assists. On top of that, handed Jan Ruda his lunch money oh, and wow. I don't, I don't know if he came back in the game, but he seemed no, like they all no, got ten minute misconduct. Yeah, so or, I mean Ruta though, uh, or did Ruta get a uh, misconduct got, as well? I know he got. He, yeah, got, he he looked like he was. I don't. Yeah, he's bleeding, bleeding a lot. <laughs> Morgan Riley. I don't think I've ever seen him fight before, but I like it. I like it. Good for him. He, he stood stood his ground, and I, that, was, yeah. that was a beautiful scrum. That was well, a lot of fun to watch. I but. heard. Instead of watching the scrum, people at home got to watch chicken avocado sandwich commercials and <laughs> crypto commercials. Yeah. Uh, the Sportsnet uh, camera crew was on fire tonight. Uh, they just, th- their cameras that they have close to the ice, they keep cutting to those, but you can't see anything. Like last time I complained, okay, you're putting up, it was the bird's eye view. I'm like, I can't see anything here either. I like the middle ice view where it just pans across. Yeah. I can see everything there. Stop cutting to these stupid other camera views. I literally cannot see anything. But that, and then on top of that, yeah, it cut to a commercial as there was a line brawl. Yeah. Casually comes back from commercials, and Chris Custins goes, Cuthbert goes, uh, yeah, there was a, a line brawl on the ice. Yeah, before we get into that line brawl, because, you know, the line brawls usually put some hair on the balls, I just want to – Want to let let you boys know a little something we have going on here. So, fellas, growing out your playoff beard, let that thing loose up top. But our friends at Manscaped are here to help you avoid the jumbo Joe downstairs. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming want to save your hockey pucks from a slap shot in crunch time this playoff season. Four million men worldwide trust Manscaped to prepare them for the Stanley Cup. Join them and go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code RINKRAT. That's manscaped.com for 20% off and plus free shipping with the code RINKRAT, R-A-N-K-R-A-T. Yep. And the spring is among us. The crop preserver, the ball deodorant, all must-haves in your your, uh, washroom cabinet there. And uh, would definitely recommend bringing chapstick with you if you ever go golfing because that... With with the wind speed out here up here in Ontario, at least it's uh, it's you're getting to dangerous territories with that wind on getting wind burned on those lips. Avoid oh, yeah. that. Not guaranteed to to stop it from happening, but you know what? Helps it. 
help, helps helps keep them uh, moisturized. So Hell yeah, that's R I N K R A T at manscaped.com, twenty percent off, a cent off, and free shipping. So we just went through the decor. Um, let's get into it. We're gonna do fifteen seconds. Recap your favorite moment from the uh, favorite part of this game in 15 seconds or less. We'll be on the clock. So who wants to go first? All right. Ready, Josh? Let's go. Well, the biggest question mark going into the playoffs for the Leafs was the goaltending for me. And I thought Jack Campbell had an extremely solid effort. And like I said, it's an effort that he will be able to build on and it'll be integral to the Leafs' success, his confidence. Nice. All right. Um, I guess I'll go next. I want to say the penalty kill in this one set the standard for the game. I don't even think the Leafs were playing that that well before that five-minute major. They were awesome. They outchanced Tampa Bay on the penalty kill in the first period. They got a shorthanded goal, and the power kill was as usual. I like that. I love that. Ready? Yeah, one of my favorite things the Leafs did tonight that they did so well was they were really able to stretch the stretch the ice against a really long Tampa team. I thought they were really exploiting them at their own blue line, being able to get some solid zone entries and kind of negate what I think their defense do best is, and is that and is disrupting, which is disrupting the cycle. Nice. Fumbled my words there a bit, but I think fumbled, I got it but all. that was really good. That got was it really all in good. Uh, well recovered by the offense, <laughs> second down. <laughs> uh, I did want to get into, we did have one one DM from us from Maxwell Hunt. Um, I asked, send in your DMs and voice notes with your favorite part about tonight's game. And he said, relentless forecheck for sure. The boys have to do this night in, night out against this Bolts team. If they let them play their game for more than a period, they're done in that game for sure. It's very true. I mean, Tampa Bay has a very deadly offensive team, very big defensive team as well. You can't get bullied by them. Uh, the one thing that we forgot to do, like, I'm surprised nobody touched on it. I love the passion from tonight's game. That was my favorite oh. part. The mucking it up after whistles. Even when Tampa Bay wasn't mucking it up. Mm-hmm. Like, the least getting a glove in, in the grill there. Pierre um, Engvall. Pierre Engvall. Was that Nick Paul on? No, it was, was Brandon Hagel. Hagel yes. Wanted to beat the hell out of Brandon Hagel. Just the giraffe had that look in his eyes. Oh, yeah. oh my God. And then, sorry, what I was going to say earlier before we were talking about the commercials, like, that full line brawl, like it just slowly developed. That was all Corey Perry, though. And I, yeah. if I was Jan Ruta, I'd be like, dude, you just got me bloodied in the face because there was nothing going on there until Perry. And Perry got he got a two minute for unsportsmanlike, and he got a four minute for roughing. At least had a four minute power play. He, no offense, Corey Perry, completely ineffective tonight. Yeah. Whenever he had the puck on his stick, he was looking to get it off his stick. He had no he confidence. He had the puck on his stick tonight? He didn't. I remember one. There was a power play. He was trying to break out. They were trying to break out, and he was like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Um, and, yeah, it's just I get that's what they want to do, but it was a 5 nothing game, and they're, they're like, I don't know. They're trying to fight Simmons. Simmons didn't want to fight. They, they grabbed anyone on the ice. Maroon starts filling in Riley, which is obviously an unfair matchup. And then for whatever reason after that, as it went to commercial break, Jan Ruta goes to grab Riley, and Riley absolutely caved, caved his face in. I kind of feel bad for him. He was, it was bad. He was bleeding, he bleeding really, really lot. bad. There's a but that, good like, of it. That's the part of the, the, you know, the fourth line grit and toughness that, that makes no difference to the game. Those guys did nothing in the game. They were ineffective. They didn't change the game at all. Same thing as Clifford. Like, I thought that was a terrible lineup decision by the Leafs. 
That could have that game could have swung the other way easily on that mm-hmm. five minute. Yeah, that's very true when you think about that. Also, like Wayne Simmons out there, he he throws some good hits. I thought he was pretty effective tonight, um, not scoring wise, but just physicality wise. After the whistles and such, I mean, if Wayne Simmons doesn't land hits after the whistles, nobody wants to fight him. No, yeah, everyone runs never. away. It's, it's crazy how like he's just he's he does nothing after the whistles. Because nobody wants to. They're all scared of him. And then they wait until they're behind a ref or they wait until he's gone. And then they attack someone else. Like, it's just, it's rat mentality. It's ugly. And I hate it. Yeah. But. Yeah, they were, it was just, I I was kind of surprised how pissy they were. As I said earlier, it was like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All their whole team though. Yeah. And they Tampa Bay piss boys. Yeah. Even even Sorelli gave uh, I don't know. Oh, if, he was all he was uh, all pissy, speared Nylander yeah, by the that bench. Was, that was bad. Yeah. TV. Like I don't know if you guys saw it on the TV because it was it was no, there I, were, ch- I even checked the bolts. Or it was there was one Palat uh cross check Brody, they didn't call it. It was on a penalty kill. Mm. Um but I missed that as well. No, they yeah. they were all pissy all night. Sorelli like with a pretty brutal, brutal spear to Nylander. It, it, it was definitely a spear. I'd, so. I'd find that, but uh, also, Stamkos seems like everyone. The, the there was st- a 50 50 bad hit on Brody. From yeah, Stamkos. the whole stadium was getting in the grill right next shift after he missed the, uh, the oh, pow- yeah. that power play shot where he had basically an entire open net. He flubbed it. Stadium was chanting his name. He was very rattled. He, he kind of bl- he blindsided TJ Brody pretty bad, I thought. And TJ Brody was fine, obviously, but it was one of those where maybe if he stayed down a bit, they would have called something or, or something along the lines of that. Called a Ross Colton. Yeah, exactly. It's like that hit. I didn't really see that much. Like there were some differences between that hit and the Clifford hit, but they were pretty similar too, right? Like difference, obviously mm-hmm. Clifford's along the boards. That one's on an open ice, but guys, that makes guy big. has his back turned. Neither guy had the puck. Oh, like, well, Brody still kind of like Ross Colton didn't even have close to the puck at yeah. that point. Yeah. That what do you Clifford maybe a game suspension for that? Probably something yeah. like that. I would I would imagine. Which maybe, honestly, maybe it's better. I was gonna say maybe even a little longer. So that takes him away from so Sheldon Keith to be yeah. able to use. I don't know. Then we get Spezza back in the lineup. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Which but, I realized before the game, Spezza has not played in front of a full home crowd as a Leaf in the playoffs. in the playoffs. So that would so, have been his first. Something even interesting to consider, like. Because chances are Spets is going to draw in, right? Or what are the other options? Well, I was just thinking to myself, maybe there are other options other than Spets is drawing in. Michael Bunting. Oh, of course. Michael Bunting is going to draw in. Uh, who knows we when, smoked though? smoked him 5-0. <laughs> Leaf smoked him 5-0, didn't have their first line winger, yeah. Michael Bunting. Calder, Calder, uh, Calder soon trophy. to be Calder winner. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking maybe, uh, what do you guys think about the Leafs potentially rolling 11-7 and seven going into next game because I, I really liked the way that they played with 11 forwards it was i thought i thought that like the way they managed it was well they obviously didn't choose to do that it was kind of a I don't, I felt like circumstance it was, i but, don't like how jumbled the lines get with it i, I think yeah that's I really fair do. but if bunting comes back who's like you're taking someone else out yeah i don't know that's a good question i didn't think that far ahead but no i uh, yeah <laughs> but um, i i i think this game Going off again, the coaching and line matching is kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. Like there was really very There's limited no way, yeah. competitive five on five action. I mean, yeah. of of like the forward lines for the Leafs, like the most a, a, a line had together was five minutes with the the, the third line, and I feel like Go, no, read read which line it is actually though. What do you mean? Who were the oh, players? P- oh yeah, P- sorry, Pierre Engvall, David Confield, McCabe. Not actually. That's not the actually line. the third line. <laughs> the third line's supposed to be Pierre Engvall, David Confield, William Nylander, which only had two minutes, right? 
So the which the, was predicted yeah. by many people. But the, the top way. the top line even of Kerfoot, Matthews, and Marner only played four minutes at five on five yeah. too, right? Like ne- neither team really played much at five on five at all. So you're you're right at, to the point of where uh, how they how teams are gonna uh, the teams are gonna line match moving forward. It's kind of kind of a question that's still up in the air. It seems like so. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I think that's. Pretty. I mean, like, what else can you say about the lease? Yeah. Yeah. Was, any any Tampa things you want to touch on? That's what I was going to get into next. I I feel like Tampa Bay, like, that wasn't the final version that we're going to see no, from them. No, They've no, lost no. first games of the playoffs before, um, and guess what? It'll happen again. I mean, but I think I think on the power play we're going to see a different strategy there. I probably mm-hmm. will have I. Like John Cooper's an exceptional coach. I yeah. mean, he's got the two cups to show for it. I think they're gonna we're gonna see a different look on the power play break in there because what Tampa Bay was doing tonight was totally ineffective mm-hmm. and sucked and led to a lot of chances against. Um, I think we're gonna see a lot more energy from Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman specifically because they weren't very good tonight. Uh, the Leafs pressured them exceptionally well. Kucherov had the puck. Uh, a lot and was able to, you know, he slowed the play down like he he likes to. He gave himself the option to either shoot or make the pass. He completed a couple of passes. It just flubbed over his teammates' sticks. Like, I feel like you're not going to get another Stamkos healing a shot and missing a wide-open net. Like mm-hmm. That was a lucky bounce for the Leafs there, honestly. Yeah. That, sh- that should have been a goal. And, like, but I, I, I think you're right in saying that the, the power play for them definitely wasn't yeah, the what, what it looked like last year in the playoffs or what it looked like at all in, during the season. I, I think next game I'd expect them to use their net front and bumper position a lot more than mm-hmm. they did in this game. Yeah. yeah, It was a lot of like trying to set up the Stamkos one-timer, mm-hmm. which is works for them, but at, when you become one-dimensional, you know, it becomes easy to defend, yeah. and the Leafs really did a good job reading what they yeah. were trying to do. Something interesting I want to note just on the penalty kill for the Leafs, I noticed that usually how they do it is they kind of blitz. We talked about this a ton of times before. They blitz with one forward, yeah. and it's kind of like a, a cycle between the forwards between blitzing yeah. the, the three guys at the top of the umbrella. It seemed like they were a lot more reserved and weren't blitzing as much on, on the on the, the on the defenseman at the top and the two winger, or two forwards on the left and right side. It seemed like they were playing a lot tighter and... and um, not not as uh, like not as aggressive on, on I don't think they it. were blitzing because Tampa Bay loves the touch pass. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of hard if you're blitzing to also be focused on blocking that passing mm-hmm. lane. So I think taking off a little bit of that speed and making yeah. sure you're covering your lanes there was probably the best strategy it, and it, for them. It 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 worked very well because it even it like the blitz is kind of I I think what gets us those those good chances yes. but but us being in the middle there they completely negated how they how tampa wanted to play and that in turn led to us still getting those chances with with the the burst of speed we have on that penalty kill but yeah their, their power play definitely ton tons of room for improvement for them major there. talking point yeah. for them i also think you know there was a lot made of the fact they're trying to replicate their third line from last year right mm-hmm. which i mean that that line will be talked about for i don't know five ten years and you know that's how you mm-hmm. build a supporting cast of players. You yeah. have Goudreau, Coleman, and Gore, and that line was fantastic. They played them in all situations. We talked about a lot in the playoffs last year. They those that, that line played more than almost every other line on their team. Yanni yeah. Gord was consistently their highest played player yeah. at five on five. I don't know if their current makeup of that line 
has the same effect. And I think they realize that because we talked about this before. In their final regular season game, their third line had Sorelli on it. In this game, Sorelli was playing with Point and Hagel on a second line. I wonder if because of the result of this game, if they switched up and they put Sorelli back on that third line. Because I really think that's a more effective shutdown center for them than Colton, Paul, and Kalorn, which I don't think is a bad line. But I don't think... And, and they also used Hagel on that line. So let's use those three. Those are their three new additions, right? Hagel, Colton, and Nick Paul. Mm-hmm. I think Hagel's a really good player. I don't think he has nearly the amount of bite that a Barkley Goudreau had. I think Nick Paul, we've talked about a lot, fantastic at winning puck battles. We said it a lot of times. That was a great addition mm-hmm. for them. I don't think he has the goal-scoring touch of a Blake Coleman. Yeah. And didn't you also, you were saying, correct me if I'm wrong, after he wins those puck battles, his creativity with the puck isn't great. Agreed. And then, great point. You just took the words out of my mouth. But And then Ross Colton, who I think we all like Ross Colton. He was great in the playoffs mm-hmm. last year. I think he's a really good player. He's not Yanni Gord, though. Mm-hmm. So I think that is something that Tampa, I'm, I'm thinking of this from a Tampa perspective, it, they're going to have to overcome that in some way in mm-hmm. terms of the, how they want to deploy their lines. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can send that that three threesome of players up against the Matthews. I, I don't know if they're comfortable doing that. It didn't seem like they were. So that makes me start to think, is it going to be? Sorelli, Nick Paul, and Kalorn instead, for example. Are they going to, you know, what are they going to do there? So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some line jumble, jung, jub, blah, 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 jumbling. Jumbling. Like your words. But just going off that point there, like the lines going into the game were, like you said, Hagel, Point, Sorelli, um, Kalorn, Paul, Colton. Um, that line of uh, Hagel, Point, Sorelli only played two minutes, 22 seconds on natural stat trick for forward lines. The Kalorn Paul Colton line isn't even showing up, so they must have played less than probably less than yeah, two minutes. They probably switched that quick. Yeah, and so uh, the uh, four minutes and forty nine seconds for Hagel Paul Colton, which is what they probably switched to, like you said, and then three minutes thirty nine seconds for Kalorn Sorelli Point. I wouldn't be surprised if even going a step further, they try to reunite Point and Kucherov like last year's playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then have Stamkos with maybe Pallad and Kalorn. Mm-hmm. Or Pallad and Colton even. Or, yeah, and fill in the blanks there. I, I, yeah. I'm just, I, I agree with you. I think their optimized third line is probably Kalorn, Sorelli, mm-hmm. Nick Paul. In terms of if you want a pure checking third line, that's the checking third line where I'd be like, okay, this, these guys are going to come really, really uh, and play an effective defensive mm-hmm. style against the Matthews line. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it just seemed like they didn't have that much rhythm tonight. It's very hard from a Tampa's perspective to, to judge their lines, but I didn't think they were effective. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm putting this out on Twitter as well uh, right now, but Oilers fans were doing the wave in a tie game, 3-3 with six no. minutes left in the third, and L.A. just scored. Look who scored. Karma. Oh, Mike Smith, no. Bad turnover. And who scored, Deneau? I yeah, think, Philip Deneau. Wow, a tip, wow. Philip Deneau. The Leafs. Second of the game. Killer. Can't even call him a Leaf killer because he killed a couple other teams too. Yeah, the Vegas killer. He's and just the, a killer. He actually He's killed, just a killer. He actually killed Winnipeg. <laughs> he actually killed, yeah. <laughs> they still haven't recovered. They still haven't recovered. I can't believe I can Just like uh, Trey Young. Trey Young in... Uh, the Knicks. With the Knicks, right? But also, man, everyone and their mother and brother and sister and cousin picked the Oilers to win this series. Not good if they go down one nothing. No, it's Dustin Brown's last go at it too. So, 
Anywho, the Leafs. Or, and Tampa. So, you know, we, I think we did a uh, – that was a good little 5-10 minute Tampa perspective. Going forward, yeah. what can we expect from game two? From, from Tampa? Or the Leafs, both. Why? I think it's going to be tough for the Leafs to, like, bring it down from that level that they had if Scotiabank is rocking like it was. Mm-hmm. It was like, on whole, fire tonight. Like, you guys have a better perspective, but on TV oh. it sounded loud. I, I think, All the beats were saying it was loud, but yeah, it was, I, was I, it like? I think that's, the, like, one of the, the biggest push, I think, that as to why we got the momentum shift after we yeah. took a five-minute major penalty was because every time that puck cleared the zone – Everyone was going nuts. Everyone was going for five minutes straight. It was like well, the fans were almost getting tired on the penalty kill. I can't. I can't imagine the guys actually killing the penalties. Like holy smokes! Well, I I thought they did. Like the the fans did a great job. That, that was the probably the loudest I've ever heard that building. Yeah, and we we've been to luckily to go to a lot of games, and you know I've been to some playoff games in the past too. But I thought that was the loudest, which is mm-hmm. pretty awesome. And it seemed like it made a difference. Yeah. I, it felt like it did. I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I can't even put it into words. Like, I, I was so nervous before this game. I was almost sick. Like, mm-hmm. in, in comparison, then, last week I went to a Predators game in Nashville, and that is probably top three best experiences to watch a game in terms of fan, you know, interaction and how loud they are. And that mm-hmm. Leafs game, I know playoff versus non-playoff, but that was basically a playoff game for the Preds in terms of trying to clinch a spot. Mm-hmm. It was very comparable. And that was surprising because when I was in Nashville, I was like, wow, this is way louder than any Leaf game. But then tonight was, you know, the building came alive. And I really, you know, pat on the back to Leafs Nation. They get bagged on a lot for the ones that go into the mm-hmm. stadium. Sid Six Arrows chirping them on breakfast television, not going to their seats early. I mean, people were pretty loud. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very, very, you know, good to see. Yeah, I'm not even going to get into my opinions of that. <sighs> frustrating but the, the tough part yeah, is let's I was, lower let's lower the ticket prices so that the team can make less money and can't spend it on unnecessary things like dean chinoet to fix the necessary penalty. things um the problem is this isn't soccer champions league we don't get aggregate right we won five nothing tonight but oh, I know. it's hard it's gonna be hard to say okay that game's done now mm-hmm. yeah even if you, you could lose a a stinker in overtime, two one, and now we're we're playing. It's tough. I'm on Google Maps right now. Where's this? Where's the? Where's the bus going from? Where's it starting? Where's the starting point? That's what I'm looking at right now. That was, that just it was an awesome feeling. Um, I mean, you can say I don't know. You celebrate this however the hell you want to. Really, if you want to get completely blackout drunk after this win because of the a game one win against Tampa, go ahead and do that. If you don't want to get too high, too, too high on the highs, don't do that too. I, I really don't care. I'm not your mom. I can't tell you what to do. Right. But I think like you said, the overwhelming positive is for those people who said the Leafs have no chance. Tampa, you know, defending cup champs, they can play team. with them. Will they play with them for seven games? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, but, what helps. What? Home ice advantage. Agreed. And, but winning, hopefully this gives them the confidence to keep going forward. Because this, you know, we did this after seven games last year against Montreal. There was no, there was a lot of good performances against Montreal. Nothing like this game. This was an absolute. Well, the game two was, game two I thought would have It was good, them. but it wasn't the same. This was a full mm-hmm. top to bottom. And also you have, nope, you didn't lose anyone from this game. Yeah, exactly. Knock on wood, you know. But, uh. Yeah, any other 
points you had from this game? Any Braden points you had from this game? Do you, you think Bunting's going to play next game? I believe game two or three. Do you have anything on that? I have no, no info. I think no soon. Idea. Um, he was listed as doubtful for game one, so that kind of gives you an idea mm-hmm. that soon we're going to see, you know. And do you think that means like Kerfoot down to the fourth line? It's just that simple. That's the move, and that's it? I don't know, but that is a great point to bring up that Michael Bunting wasn't in this game. There's going to be a shift down, and it just means that the depth is going to get that much faster, in my opinion. And do you think there's any chance that Nylander goes back with Tavares if there is a trickle-down effect there? Uh, I don't think so. They okay. probably like the way that Kasha and Mikheyev were playing together. Mm-hmm. So I think it's relatively going to stay the same. But someone good is going to be on that fourth line. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Nothing wrong with that, though. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right? So it'll be curi- I'll be curious to see what what he does. And uh, to quote our most recent guest, Sheldon Keefe, when he makes decisions, there's a purpose behind them. Good. Hell yeah. Shout out Frankie Corrado. But anywho, do you guys have anything else? else just on just wanted game? to sprinkle in Andre Kosh played. Pretty pretty well for his first game back since Solid. injury. Was that two, si- two assists? Did he get two assists? Really? Yeah, yeah I didn't realize one. that. I wow, believe good he for had him. two because on that match, yeah, he did. Goal. Wow, yeah. good good for him. Amazing two point return. That's awesome. That's awesome to see on that. So yeah, good for him. Three point three nine individual expected goals too. It's pretty pretty good. Yeah, it's also funny. Like no, I don't even know if I want to say this. Say I, I'm not going to say it. Why? I'm not going to say it. Say no, it. I'm not going to write it down. It. And we'll revisit it. Yeah, we'll revisit. We'll revisit. All right, we'll circle back on that one, I guess. Uh, anything else to close out this episode? Let's keep the momentum going. Yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah. Fun. Cheer loud, cheer proud, uh, and always have the passion that unites us all. Thank you, everyone, <laughs> for listening. Go Leafs, go. The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sports books. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up.